Welcome to the Evolution Show. I'm Johan Landgren. If you're new to the show, I'm a full-time investor and writer in sustainable tech. And on the Evolution Show, we bring inspiration and talk about smart energy solutions, electric transports, AI, and inspiration for sustainable living. In the previous episode, I talked about the future of Tesla with Tibor Blomhell, president and founder of Tesla Club Sweden. Today's episode is part one of two when I talk about the future of artificial intelligence, AI, with one of Sweden's and Europe's leading AI researchers, Fredrik Heinz. Heinz has been selected to lead one of Europe's AI networks and is on the forefront of the AI development. He shares some of his many insights and where the AI development might be taking us. In part two of our conversation, we focus on how the AI development is transforming the transport sector. I hope you like the content. And if you like the show and you want to support it, we really appreciate. Give it a thumbs up and consider subscribing. As always, stay ahead of the curve and stay electric. This is the Evolution Show. Welcome to the Evolution Show, Fredrik Heinz. Thank you very much. You are one of Sweden's leading AI researchers and currently you teach online courses in artificial uh, intelligence at Linköping University here in Sweden. Can you tell us about your background and what you teach uh, when it comes to artificial intelligence? Sure, definitely. So my, my background is that I'm a computer scientist. Uh, so I uh, studied computer scientists, some computer science, and uh, then I've been doing AI research for actually more than 20 years. Uh, so uh, we started out building autonomous systems as uh, so we had uh, fully autonomous uh, uh, aircraft systems, in our case, helicopters, uh, more than 15 years ago. Uh, so there we integrated a large uh, variety of different AI techniques into uh, working robotic systems that we then uh, field tested uh, for example, in different uh, emergency response uh, uh, situations. Uh, so so I, I, I can come from the background that we want to develop these uh, AI technologies, but we also want to make them work in practice. Uh, and today I lead a research group in, in the intersection between uh, machine learning and machine reasoning. Uh, and I strongly believe that if we combine these different types of methods, we will be able to do more uh, than either of their own. And uh, the teaching, I mean, this particular course, the elements of AI is really about teaching the fundamentals, the really basics of AI to basically everyone. So our goal is to, to educate uh, as many people as possible, uh, not only, I mean, the, for technology people, but for, for, for general audience. And uh, basically the course provides this overview. And what I read, so this course is uh, developed by uh, University of Helsinki in Finland. And we have then translated it to Swedish and made it available uh, in Swedish, Sweden, and also offering university credits uh, for this course uh, in Sweden. And uh, what I really like about this course is that it, first of all, goes one step beyond the buzzwords. So, of course, it explains the kind of the major concepts, but it also shows here are some uh, real techniques, the actual kind of how do the computer do this, for example, playing a two player game, how do you do that? Or 
how do these uh, neural networks that are so popular these days, how do they work? Uh, so, so it goes beyond uh, the surface and shows some example what's under the hood. Uh, and the second thing that I really like is that it's, I mean, AI is a very broad field. I mean, today, many people kind of associate it mostly with machine learning, but it's actually much more. And, and I think that's another thing that it really manages to, to capture uh, this breadth, even though it's just six uh, short modules. Uh, so that, so those are some things that I really like about this course. Yeah. Uh, recently, we had another AI researcher and writer, Ole Hegström, on the show, and we talked about uh, education, how important it is uh, going ahead. Uh, and I, I, I'm really glad to hear that you have it, um, you're offering it to a broad audience. I think that's really, really vital going forward. I mean, everything from a, from a, you know, interested guy like me uh, or someone at university or, you know, uh, someone, you know, uh, working at a tech startup, uh, I guess, could take this course. So I, th I thought it was uh, sounds really great. But I let's say if you live in the US, uh, I guess you're limited to the Swed to Sweden to take this course, or could you take this online course from abroad? No, it's for everyone. So I mean, the the, the open online course. I mean, it's available in. I mean, it's available in English. So basically, if you speak English, it's available. And actually, uh, it's made available in most European languages. Uh, so, so, I mean, it's also in German and French and uh, uh, Finnish and so on and so forth. So, so actually, it is uh, truly available to uh, on a global scale. Great, great to hear that. Uh, okay, but if you look at your own research, uh, what have you been focused on uh, recently, or uh, and what are you particularly excited about right now? So. I mean, I think two two things that I'm really excited about is the first of all the work that we do on synthetic data generation. So there's a lot of talk about them. Of course, we want to maintain this kind of privacy and integrity and so on. Uh, but at the same time, there is a lot of data out there that we would like to use uh, for for good uh, usages. I mean, for example, medical data uh, about patients and so on. Uh, so, so one thing that we have been working on uh, is to develop uh, uh, methods for generating synthetic data uh, for time series data. So, I mean, uh, there's been this kind of very impressive results when it comes to, to images. Um, so basically, I mean, learning, for example, images of uh, faces and being able to generate uh, uh, very uh, human looking faces uh, that you can basically not distinguish from real people. So what we're interested in is doing the same, but for much more general uh, time series data, which is a much more challenging uh, problem. So for example, uh, movement, how people move around so that you have kind of, uh, say the, the, the location of people from their GPS or something like that. And then you learn how do people normally move around in this city uh, or in this area. Uh, so that it can generate new movement patterns without associating with any particular individuals. Uh, so that's one area where we're doing a lot of research at the moment. Uh, the second is, um, uh, well, it, it has a kind of complicated name in the kind of uh, similar, uh, well, utilitarian combinatorial assignment. Uh, but basically the challenge here is that you have a bunch of, uh, say, uh, agents that can do things. You have a bunch of goals or tasks uh, that you want to carry out. And now the question is, how do you form teams of these agents and allocate uh, these uh, tasks to these teams so that all the things get carried out as, as effectively as possible with the highest possible quality? 
Uh, and here we have developed state-of-the-art exact methods, state-of-the-art heuristic uh, methods. And now we're uh, exploring how can we use machine learning to learn heuristics. So basically the rules of thumb, how to solve particular uh, instances of these problems. And there we have promising results that's currently under review, uh, where, where we're actually able to generate uh, heuristics that are better than the kind of human-made heuristics that we have uh, that was previously state-of-the-art. And, and I think that's a very good example of this combining uh, more kind of reasoning uh, and learning approaches uh, and getting better results and really being able to scale up this. So, I mean, the, the, this problem, uh, I mean, if you have the exact algorithms, you can only deal with like tens of agents or tens of tasks as very small problems. But by using these heuristic methods, you can scale it up to thousands and then you're really making it uh, useful. And actually, these techniques are used in commercial uh, games uh, since since some time back. So, but how does this um, uh, technology compare to, you know, regular face recognition? You talked about the reasoning and, uh, you know, at the broader scale, so to speak. But uh, what's, what's the difference between your research now and, let's say, the face recognition we see um, introduced in traffic and so on in China, for example? I mean, I mean, face recognition, I mean, that's a computer vision. So in some sense, it depends on what kind of data you use as input. I mean, I mean, face recognition is one particular type of computer vision problem. Uh, we are not a computer vision group, so we're working with, as I said, more of this time series data. So for example, say GPS traces uh, of how things move around uh, as one example. Uh, and, um, in, and in the other case that I talk about this, uh, uh, I mean, utilitarian combinatorial assignment, there it's more, I mean, age, I mean, abstract uh, entities and uh, tasks or things that you want to have done. So, I mean, that, that they're kind of different types of problems. But I mean, I mean, if we take this aspect of, uh, of uh, uh, transportation, I mean, both of these are highly relevant for transportation. So, I mean, taking this second problem, it's all about, so in some sense there you could have, uh, you have goods, that you want to have transported to different locations. And now the question is, how do you package these goods into, uh, say, trucks and then assign each truck to a location? Uh, so, so then you can use this to kind of optimize uh, how you deliver your goods. Uh, and this first part, the, the, this kind of synthetic data generation, it might be, I mean, here you might have the case that maybe it's not private information, I mean, in the sense that you have individuals, but rather you have commercially sensitive information so that these different uh, transportation companies might not be interested in sharing exactly what routes they drive, how much goods they transport between each uh, place and so on. But then if we look at Sweden, we have this some goods uh, model for how to the kind of the, the, the freight transportation in Sweden works and that's being used by decision makers. So then uh, it could potentially be that the different freight companies can share in some sense their general traits and that these general traits of how they transport things can be used and at the national scale to optimize the overall goods transportation uh, without sharing the local uh, information from each uh, uh, logistics company. So I think there, there's actually a lot of connections to, to both. Yeah, and we're going to uh, to discuss uh, you know AI and transports uh, quite soon, so we'll come back to that. So that was interesting to hear you, and I can 
pick up on that uh, quite soon here. So, but if you look at your own research now, um, or you know, other research, AI research, um, all you know, on a global scale, where do you think the next you know area for AI uh, AI adoption? Uh, could come. You mean you mentioned medical uh, AI tools are developing at a fast scale, and that's a fantastic area, I think, for for AI to be introduced. Uh, where do you see other areas uh, aside from transport and and medicine, for example? I mean, to me, the whole. I mean, what's making AI interesting is really that it's. I mean, from my perspective, it's a general purpose technology, which means that I think it will be amplifying every sector. Uh, so, so it's not. I mean, it's being used in in just one, or that we see that it's, but it's it's rather the broad adoption, and that we can see that, uh, as I mentioned, this kind of amplifying effect that uh, you get more out of your previous uh, kind of approaches uh, by combining it with this. And I think here, I mean, you have things like prediction. So basically, every system which benefits from improved predictions about what is likely to happen. I mean, that's a system where it can benefit from this kind of technology. Uh, and I mean, also this with kind of uh, image recognition, I mean, recognizing objects of different types is something that's extremely general. Uh, and the same with say more natural language processing, being able to uh, collect pieces of textual information from many different sources and kind of put them together and uh, combine them or analyze them and structure them. And so, I mean, that's also a very general thing. I mean, take basically all of the, I mean, a large part of the public sector is about manipulating texts uh, in different forms. Um, so, so I would say that uh, rather than pointing out any particular uh, kind of application or, or domain, I think what's really interesting is that the, the broad adaption uh, and when we, if we take a more kind of technical perspective, what I really think is interesting, there is this kind of combination of uh, this kind of data-driven machine learning approaches, which are extremely useful and, and valuable when it comes to, uh, for example, uh, uh, adapting to new situations or where 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 we kind of can we have a lot of data that we can learn from. But that the problem here is that you also need this kind of guarantees and a kind of structure. Uh, the formal uh, support that you get from this more, uh, say, reasoning or say, yeah, logic or whatever formalism you use based system. So I really think that this combination uh, of these, that is where the really interesting uh, future lies. And, and, and that also enables us to go from today's correlation based methods to move towards more causality based methods where we actually have a direction. So if we want to achieve something, uh, we can know what to change in order to to uh, get certain effects. So so those are some of the things I, I see. Yeah, yeah. And I, I totally understand that approach. I mean, if you read uh, Nick Bostrom, you, you read uh, Max Tegmark, they also talk about, you know, AI moving ahead on in, on all, in all fields, basically. Uh, and uh, that's something we will see more of in the next couple of years. And it's the change is exponential. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, the change is happening all the time and um, it's interesting to hear you from a, from a researcher's perspective because obviously you see a lot of things uh, other people don't, you know, uh, on the forefront, I guess, on of what's happening. So, but, but if we move back to transportation then, um, on the Evolution Show, we talk a lot about electrification of the transport sector and I'm very interested in that as well as energy solutions. Uh, moving away from us from, uh, you know, fossil fuel energy and uh, carbon emissions, obviously. 
which we really have to address, the climate crisis. But where do you think the AI tools could be used to decrease our energy use and the carbon emissions? And we've touched upon it a little bit and you can, if you like, you can, we can talk about the transports uh, and so on. So I think there are many different uh, parts where, where kind of AI technologies will be very useful. I mean, one thing is just, I mean, how to kind of uh, construct better batteries. I mean, optimize the, I mean, the energy within the batteries, but also kind of how do we optimize the overall uh, electricity grid? And I mean, if we can use batteries, say in, in electric cars and so on as kind of intermediary storage, because I mean, in some sense, the major problem with the overall electric system is really this, how do you store uh, electricity? Uh, I mean, and today actually, I mean, most of it is kind of used directly as being generated and you need a kind of direct connection. And I really think here is we have a very interesting opportunity uh, in, 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 in kind of uh, diversifying uh, the, the, the generation of electricity. I mean, both we kind of local solar uh, panels at the people's uh, houses and so on, but also using, uh, say, electric cars and so on as the, the batteries. And then, but the problem is that you get a very complex system and in order to deal with the complexity in these systems, I think that is where, where AI can play a, a major role. Uh, and I mean, I mentioned this with prediction as one thing, but I mean, predicting the, the demand in different locations and making sure that the, 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 the power is where it's needed uh, in advance and so on. So I think that's one major area to kind of optimizing the overall uh, electricity uh, system. Um, the, the the second is i mean actually this when i said i mean optimizing the flow of uh, freight for example i mean that uh, uh, today as far as i know actually most trucks are not fully loaded but actually only small portion uh, filled uh, because i mean speed is more important and and so on and if we can just use the kind of trucks and trains and so on that is uh, moving around uh, then we could dramatically reduce the the need for for the number uh, of of uh, transportation. So so I think that's another area. Uh, a third, a bit in, I would say in general, uh, the, the 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 place where AI can be used is really this. I mean, how do we use our limited resources in a more effective manner uh, by being able to better predict what is likely to happen? Uh, so that we can kind of produce just as much as we need and that we don't, uh, and that we can use the, the, the I mean, for example, the, the truck is driving or uh, the, the piece of food that we produce that it actually comes to usage rather than just being wasted. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Tell us what you think in the comment section below. And if you like the content and you want to support the show, we really appreciate a thumbs up and consider subscribing. And stick around for the next episode when I'm joined again by Friedrich Heinz, looking at how the AI development is transforming the transport sector. As always, stay ahead of the curve and stay electric. <laughs>